Welcome to the Bitter Grace Podcast. This is the Path to Conscious Living. This is your host, Anne-Marie Johnson. And in this episode, I'm thrilled to share a very deep, personal, and raw conversation with Lauren DeCoe. She and I met at Bitter Grace a little over a year ago. And what I deeply admire about Lauren is her relentless pursuit for joy, unapologetically choosing herself above anything else to create the life she is worthy of having. And my goal and wish is for this conversation to ignite courage within you, to be relentless about pursuing what makes you happy, that makes you feel connected with who you are meant to become. A little bit about Lauren. She is a political consultant and co-director of a nonprofit that works to increase diversity in the political consultancy space. She's born in Washington, D.C. and has a love for politics, which peaked pretty early on growing up. She is a partner at MBA Consulting Group. It's a D.C.-based firm that provides compliance and accounting services to Democratic or progressive candidates and organizations. She is co-director of the Institute for Ethical Campaigning, a 501c3 nonprofit organization that promotes diversity among campaign consultants and staff through paid internship programs focused on providing opportunities for underserved communities, specifically economically disadvantaged youth, people of color, and people with disabilities. But above all, her favorite, most important job in the world is being a mom to her beautiful son, William, who is six years old. All right, on to the interview. Lauren, welcome to the Bitter Grace podcast. I'm so thrilled to have you here as my second guest. So welcome to our second home. Thank you, Anne-Marie. I'm thrilled to be here. <laughs> While we are building out our store, we're, I'm loving our new setup here. So it's great to have you over for the first time. It's gorgeous. Yeah. You and I have known each other for a little over a year. And I've always known you to be this amazing human a loving mom to Will, a dedicated person in your career. You are a partner in your company, which you became a partner still in your 30s. Yes. Amazing accomplishment. Thank you. And I know that your job and being a mom are the two most important things in your life, are your biggest priorities. Yes. Who is Lauren beyond the external roles that you play in your life today? Well, like you said, first priority is my son and how I define myself is first and foremost a mom. But beyond that, Lauren, she is a sister. She is a friend. My family is incredibly important to me. More important than that, Lauren is evolving. She is a work in progress, a constant work in progress. And uh, wherever I go, whatever I do, I want to leave it better than I found it, if that makes sense. So a work in progress and and just trying to to do good however I can. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I think that's, <laughs> Thank you. that's what the human experience is all about, evolving and always wanting to be the best version you can be for yourself so that you can be that for Will and the people you serve and also other relationships that you have in your life. That's exactly right. Bitter Grace has brought me so much joy over the past year and a half. And I know you and I have only known each other for a year and a half, but I've known of you for longer than that. I was two doors down from you, looked you up on Instagram, and been following you for about six months before I reached out to you. 
So when I'm not with my son, when I'm not working, I spend a lot of time thinking about Bitter Grace and my experience with you, my personal styling experience with you, and just thinking about how I can make myself better and show up better for the people that mean the world to me. Thank you. Yeah. You and I have had this uh, beautiful relationship. It's been so wonderful getting to know you from a personal level. Energetically, there's also this connection as if I've known you in a previous life. I know you and I have talked about this off camera. And this is why I wanted to have this conversation with you. And I never thought of a podcast for Bitter Grace, but there's such a beautiful thing about storytelling, Mm -hmm. about sharing our experiences and amplifying people's voices because it's through sharing our stories that gives each of us the courage to explore the possibilities. I know there were things that were unfolding in your life before you and I met and before the styling experience at Bitter Grace that perhaps you couldn't quite share or articulate then. And I'm hoping that you can now. Can you walk me through what was unfolding in your life at that time that led you to our meeting? Yeah. Well, shortly before our meeting, I was leaving the office, walking down the street, and I saw an acquaintance from a distance that I hadn't seen in years. And I didn't go up to him and say hello. And the reason I didn't is because I remember it very clearly. I was wearing a college hooded sweatshirt um, and jeans and just did not feel like the way I was presenting myself captured the woman that I was at that time. And I hadn't seen this person in years. And it just was not an accurate reflection of who I was. And I didn't want him to see me after all of those years in my ragged sweatshirt, candidly, and jeans. And so I didn't go up to him and say hello. And it was very disturbing to me because that's just not like me. Um, I consider myself uh, an extroverted person. I love my friends. Um, I love saying hello. I'm normally a very confident and an effervescent outgoing woman. And I just wasn't that day. And it, and it bothered me. And I know it was because the way I was presenting on the outside was not congruent with who I am. And I just didn't want to say hello. And I didn't want to, to see him at that time. It was then that really catapulted me to change. Like I said, I had been watching your social media for months. I knew that this was what I needed to find congruence between my my inner self and outer self. And so that event is what led me to reach out to you. Now that we're a year and a half mm-hmm. separated from that or removed from um, that experience, I can reflect back and and really realize that my self-esteem at that time yeah. was at an all-time low. Um, I didn't know it at the time. But I can look back now. I was just not, um, I was not in a good place at that time. Um, and I just knew that I needed to make a change mm-hmm. for myself and, and for my son, candidly. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't valuing myself at yeah. that time. Um, and that's just the bottom line. And it was difficult for me to, um, to realize that and accept it. But that's just the simple truth. I was not valuing myself. 
yeah. um, as a woman, as a mother, and literally had no self esteem. It was it was a difficult time, and I'm glad, yeah, to be so far past that now. Frankly, a lot in part due to you um, and in our time together. It's just been so transformative. I can't tell you how much joy it brings me every day. I I know how beautiful I look. You've yeah. really truly embodied that vision of who you are. You've shared a few things there that I'd love to unpack, but you said yeah. you didn't have congruency internally and externally. Who was Lauren becoming? In the office, I had just been promoted. Um, yes. Anne-Marie to partner. Um, huge deal. Huge deal. Incredibly proud of of my accomplishments um, and achievements at work. I, at the very real risk of sounding arrogant, I know I'm very good at my job. Um, yeah. And I take a lot of pride in that. But yeah, th- there's a time and a place for leisure wear, I feel. And the fact that I was wearing that to the office, just promoted to partner, was just in such contrast to who I was and to who I was becoming. And I just, I just knew I had to make a change. What was happening in your life personally? Because I assumed that work was good. Work was very good. You got um, promoted. I got promoted. Um, my marriage was not so good. Okay. Um, we uh, married in 2015, but really started having trouble in 2020, right around the time of the pandemic. And I think my, like you said, I was going gangbusters at work, but my my personal life was essentially falling to pieces around me. And that was just incredibly difficult for me and and for my self-esteem. I think that is when my self-esteem really just plummeted. Because while I was doing great at work, I was not at home. Did you know that you were also in a relationship that not only was it difficult, Mm -hmm. just simply acknowledging that, that perhaps it wasn't the right relationship, or maybe you didn't know at the time whether it was fixable or not fixable. You obviously have will together. So that's not always the easiest. That was difficult. I I will say there's a lot of internal turmoil, but also culturally too, right? There's a lot of pressure that we as women sometimes subconsciously internalize of this need to make something work. You're absolutely right. There was for me, um, there was a lot of shame associated with my separation and and ultimate uh, divorce. Candidly, I think I'm still working through that a bit. I I didn't tell you about my separation and divorce until quite a few months yes. after um my my best friend who lives up in Situate, Massachusetts. Um I didn't tell her until 6 months after we were separated. Wow, that must um, have felt very isolating at the same time. It it did, but I just I couldn't I was going through I was processing a lot of shame and I'm much better now. <laughs> um, but, uh, but at the time, um, I just couldn't even bring myself to, I think, admit that, that my marriage was over. 
Yeah. And, you know, it is like you were saying, it is um, much more common nowadays and the stigma is going away, but uh, it was still very isolating. Yes. And even, I think, you know, even if hypothetically, if I had had a lot of friends that have gone through divorce, I think each divorce is so different. Right. There are so many different factors that go into a divorce. So even if I had had other friends that had gone through divorce, Anne-Marie, I, I think I still would have felt just as isolated because every divorce is just so different. Yeah. I'm curious, how did you move through that by yourself? How were you moving through that shame? I will say, I think the greatest lesson that I have taken from this period of my life, and I think it's applicable to everyone, not just those going through divorce, is that no matter what you do, there's always going to be someone that judges you for it. Mm -hmm. That's just the simple truth. So you might as well do what makes you happy. You could be the straight A student. You could be the wild child. There's always going to be someone that has a problem or takes issue with what you're doing. And so you just have to do what makes you happy. Yeah. That has been the biggest lesson for me through this entire thing. It's been so freeing, so yeah. liberating. And I think it's applicable to everyone, not just those going through divorce. Yeah. I think that's what I admire about you because you were so unapologetic about choosing yourself. Absolutely. Yes. I think that was a huge factor in yeah. my this process the and yes, yeah. in getting through um and getting through to the other side. Um you know, honoring where I've been, but and and honoring my time um with my ex-husband. Uh, we have a beautiful son as a result of it, but moving forward with grace. I turn mm -hmm. 40 next year. I love I'm it. You and I so, are turning 40. Yes. We're bo I'm both so 84s. <laughs> I'm so excited for it. Yes, me too. Um, I'm so excited for my 40s. Yeah. Have there been anything that you manifested personally and professionally since that experience that we had together? I don't know if there's one particular event that I can name, but I'm just such a happier person now, Anne-Marie. I'm so much lighter now. Mm -hmm. I'm so much lighter. I feel like I'm much more plugged in and present for my son. Um, he's six and just the joy of my life. First grade. First grade. Yeah. You know, I was sharing with you, I, you know, as a result of my divorce, I I left our our beautiful single family home mm -hmm. and I I live in a two bedroom apartment now, but I wouldn't trade it for the world because it is my sanctuary. It brings me such peace. So to answer your question, I don't know that there's a certain event that I manifested, but I did manifest this new state of being, which mm -hmm. is lighter, brighter, happier, more present for my son and, and for those that I love. What was the biggest revelation or realization after that styling experience for you? that I'm worth it. And me and only me defines who I am and my worth. I think I was, I was putting too much um, stock into, um, frankly, what my ex-husband thought of me. Mm. And no more. Yes. I always think on the other side of fear, there's always this beautiful thing that's the sense of freedom and fulfillment and peace yeah. and joy yeah. that sometimes we can't see. Yeah. 
And we just have to move through it, move through and trust the storm and trust that there's something more beautiful on the other side. That is exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. And that perfectly captures uh, my experience. That's why I think bitter grace in many ways is this metaphoric element in my life. And I, I see it as a parallel in your life. And perhaps maybe that's why it also means more to you a little bit because of the timing of it all. Yeah. Yeah. If you could say one word about the person you're becoming today, what would that be? I think I would say fulfilled. Mm -hmm. I think I would say fulfilled. It's not lost on me um, that that's a big thing to be able to say that I could not, certainly could not have said before. How would you define fulfilled, what that feeling feels like or fulfillment? I, I think it's, uh, for me, it's it's feeling at peace and really not giving a damn <laughs> about what anyone else thinks. Yeah. Um, because at the end of the day, I am the one that wakes up with myself mm-hmm. and I am the one that sits with my decisions and they're valuable and my opinion is what matters Mm -hmm. honoring yourself yes honoring myself yeah yes yeah i think that's the best way you can strengthen that self-image yeah what is the one thing that you've learned about yourself through this whole process i think i've learned my resilience Mm -hmm. and to really trust my intuition Mm -hmm. intellectually i think i always knew that but to really put it into practice. Yeah. You know, resilience is like a muscle. And yeah. when you use it more, it becomes more natural and, and stronger, right? Yes. And so um, th- I think that's what this past year has taught me. I always knew that I had it, but when push came to shove and, and the chips were down, yeah. I was able to, um, I, I trusted my intuition. It was a difficult year, yeah. but I'm through to the other side. I'm so happy to report that we are very effectively co-parenting. I love that. A lot of changes the past year. Yes. What do you think will the season of life for you, I don't know, for the next couple of years or five or 10 years, maybe for the next decade yeah. as you're entering your big 4-0? <laughs> big 4-0. I mean, obviously we can't predict life and we can't, we will never know, you know, what unfolds and yeah. how long we're able to really live on earth, but- yeah, what do you think this next new chapter or season of life will be for you? You know, like you said, impossible to predict, but <laughs> I get to set my own terms. Yeah. I get to call the shots and the possibilities are limitless. Yeah. Um, so that's what's the most exciting to me. I, I, I don't know what the future holds. I, you know, six is a great age, but I'm very excited for my son to, to, to get older and for us to, you know, um, have, uh, you know, substantive, more substantive yes, conversations, adult and, conversations. And, and really bond, um, in a different way. I'm really excited for that. Um, I am dating. Um, so I'm excited, uh, uh, you know, for, for that. Um, yes. but I've seen pictures. Yes. <laughs> And I don't want to disclose the name. And I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to meeting him Thank soon. Thank you. Yeah. I am too. Yeah, I'm very excited for. Uh, I think 
it's going to be a bit um, overwhelming for me in a positive way um, to have him and um, to have him and you in the same space um, because you both just mean so much to me. Um, so I think it will be a bit <laughs> overwhelming for me at the time, but I'm very much looking forward to to you meeting him and, and vice versa. Oh my gosh, me too. Yeah. I just feel like um, you've been able to share why Bitter Grace has been so impactful for you. But I would say our relationship has been impactful for me. You reminded me that I have the ability to harness my own power from within. You were so unapologetic and so decisive about choosing yourself. And I think my whole life I've always been prioritizing other people and their needs over my own yeah and i think that i think that's why bitter grace means so much metaphorically Mm -hmm. not just the name of my business right thank you for being so vulnerable and and for sharing your your journey i really appreciate it because i know it's not always easy thank you for the platform and, and the opportunity um I love you. Yeah, I love you too. I have a few more questions. Please. So I'd love to get your thoughts around what you think and how you define conscious living for you. Conscious living for me means being very intentional in everything that I do, that I say, and that if I decide that something is is worthwhile uh, to put my energy and effort into, that I do it 100%. And, uh, I, I think just being intentional, um, is, is the biggest crux to me of what conscious living means. Yeah. Um, and, and just honoring, honoring my, myself and, and my intuition. Yeah. Listening to that intuition, I think is just so key. How are you embodying that today? You kind of spoke to it already, but how are you embodying that commitment to be more intentional, to always leverage your intuition on a daily basis. Just being unapologetic in yeah. my choices and my decisions. Yeah. I know that something I say or, or do is is going for whatever reason is going to offend someone, but that's their yeah. that's their cross to bear, not mine. Yeah. Um, and so I just want to live the life that fulfills me. Mm-hmm. This is it's cliche, but this is not a dress rehearsal. Yes. And yes. so I <laughs> intend to you know, make decisions and do what makes me happy, not anyone else. I'm not living for anyone else. All right. Last question. (laughs) We talked about bitter grace being, you know, something that is a symbol metaphorically. Yeah. What is a bitter grace experience? So an experience that once caused you a lot of disappointment or pain Perhaps it's your separation leading to your divorce, but perhaps there might be something else. But what is that bitter grace experience that caused a lot of internal turmoil that now you see as something that you are incredibly grateful for? I would say it was my separation and divorce. Yeah. Like I said, it it, it took me six months to tell my best friend mm-hmm. about what I was going through um, because I did have such shame. And now here I am on a podcast talking about it. That's incredible to me. Frankly, I'm proud of where I've been. I'm proud of what I've done. I think too often people probably stay in relationships that don't serve them anymore. And for whatever reason, they 
whether it's fear or they just choose not to take action, I'm very proud of what I've done and how far I've come. So yeah, that that's what I would say. Yeah. It's my, yeah, it's my separation and divorce. Well, you're an inspiration to me and for many people out there, I'm sure listening. Thank you, Lauren. This was so much fun. Thank you. Thank you for being honest and for being vulnerable. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, guys, until next time, sending love, many blessings. Bye for now.